Welcome to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile. We are coming to you live to bring you stories of people like you and me who are busting through to their unlimited possibilities. Right about now, you may be asking, what is crust? Crust is what keeps you stuck. It is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am absolutely thrilled about today's show. Uh, I am really honored to have on the show with us today Dr. Christiane Northrup. And for those of you that are not familiar with her work, let me just tell you a little bit about her. She is a best-selling author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, and The Wisdom of Menopause, and she is the host of four public television specials. She is a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist, and she trained at Dartmouth. I want to say this. you know, She has many, many, many credentials, but she is by far the leading proponent of medicine and healing that acknowledges the unity of the mind and the body as well as the powerful, powerful role of the human spirit in creating health. And she is the author of her latest book, of course, is Mother Daughter Wisdom, Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health. This book has been such an eye-opener for me uh, and for the many people that have, uh, have, have purchased the book. Uh, we will have a conversation with Dr. Northrup about the relationship between mothers and daughters and the legacy that gets created and how we can shift and change and, you know, create new patterns for the fullness of life that we want. Um, I am thrilled to be talking about this in the context of the upcoming uh, Hay House event, I Can Do It, in Las Vegas, of which I will be a part of, uh, upon special invitation from Hay House, and I am really honored to be part of the media that will be attending that event. Very exciting. That event is uh, next weekend, uh, April 15th. So I am thrilled to have Dr. Northrup on the show, and I believe she's joining us right now. Let's see. Chris, do we have Dr. Northrup on the line? I'm on the line. Hello. Hi, Dr. Northrup. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's great to have you. Thank you so much. Yes. Wow, what a book. Yeah, this was... Um, oh. Yeah, this book was the uh, result of a major descent into the underworld, looking at why women get sick, how they pass it on to their kids, and most importantly, how to bring all this up to the light of day so that you can consciously and with your will change it for the better. Well, I want to ask you a little bit. There's a question that I ask everyone, that every one of my guests that comes on the show, and, you know, I know you have, uh, you, know, you have a great answer for this because I've read the book. Uh, you know, I ask people, my show is about this metaphor, this thing I call crust. These are beliefs, thoughts, actions, and emotions that hold us back, and I just happen to, you know, call them crust. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and so I want to ask you, I mean, in writing this book, I understand you started writing this book in 1997. I think that's correct. That is correct. And, you know, I want to ask you, uh, what are some of the challenges, some of the obstacles that you had to overcome, you know, to bring this consciousness that you bring, to bring this book out into the world? Well, first of all, I had to overcome 
my um, belief that by getting divorced, I had ruined my children's lives. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. That by no longer having the, the picture-perfect, happy little nuclear family, that I had somehow harmed them or taken away their taproot into the earth and that it would have been much better if I had sacrificed myself to maintain that illusion at my own expense. And then I would say to myself, yeah, and then you would have gotten breast cancer and then they wouldn't have had a mother. Um, yeah. So it was this, this was the kind of thing. Then uh, the other thing that I had to overcome was... Um, Okay, now you're a middle-aged woman with cats living alone. <laughs> I know. Now, d- doesn't that just make you a total loser? You know what? Been there. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah. the cat died. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, th- those are the things that I worked with as my grist for the mill or, you know, as the, the um, tilling tool that breaks up the crust, as it were. Yeah. Then when I first went home... Um, as a divorced woman, I noticed right away that my brothers and their wives went about their lives and left me with my mother. Mm. I was suddenly my mother's date. Now, she had become widowed at the age of 52 and made it very clear that my dad had been the man of her life and there was not going to be anyone else, and besides, she didn't want to wash any socks. <laughs> so she had... Um, she had been alone or unmarried for a long time. However, her heart was always into camping and hiking, so she did the Appalachian Trail, and then she did the 100 Highest Peaks in New England. But my oldest brother um, moved into position as her quote-unquote husband, and she lives on the same property where he lives. He lives in the house where I grew up. So she's in a cabin on the property. So in a million ways, she never has been alone. She's she's had my brothers as the the male figures who take care of her in the same way a traditional husband would. So I knew that that wasn't my path, and that's what I had to look at in my own life. First of all, I was not going to be her date at, at every family outing. And second of all, I was determined to change that pattern in my own life, you know, where the oldest daughter then takes care of the mom or takes care of the mom's emotional needs. My mother certainly is very vigorous physically. I mean, she's right now at a, at a golf camp, you know, mm-hmm. um, and she's nearly <laughs> 80. Uh, you know, she said, you know, I don't want to tell him my age. It's like, would you get over it? You know, <laughs> you should get be proud of your age. Look at what you can do. No one knows that you're 79. <laughs> right. I know. Probably uh, so carrying anyway, your own golf clubs. <laughs> yeah, those were some of the things. And then also the other was, oh, I don't want my daughter's to have to struggle or work, so I will work doubly hard so that I can support them financially. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a real wow. sick one. Yeah, um, that's a good <laughs> that, one. That one's gone. That one's um, gone. I was just going to ask you, how are you doing with that one? <laughs> yeah, much better. The 24-year-old is, you know, on her own and paying her rent and all. But you see, here's what mothers often do, and it depends on your archetype and how you are. But what mothers do is if they've experienced 
what they consider a personal failure where they've let their kids down. Like in my case, I outgrew my marriage, so I really needed to change that. Mm -hmm. Then what you do is, well, you try to make it up to your kids by uh, buying them off or letting them run all over you or, or whatever you do. And it's like it, penance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it, is the, it is the funniest thing to really get the degree to which women in particular have bought the self-sacrifice model. Now, men have the self-sacrifice model in terms of going to war and putting their physical bodies on the line. So let me be very clear right up front that this is not a competition of who is the bigger martyr, who gets mm-hmm. to suffer more. But I think what women do in exchange in that model, in that heavily crusted model where self-sacrifice and, and the more you can sacrifice, the, the more prizes you get in heaven. Um, men have their version, women have their version, but women's version kind of goes on and on and on their whole life, and it is what it is those beliefs that are at the headwaters of their health. And having been at the bedside or in the clinic for years and years and years, I saw this so clearly that I could no longer um, work in an environment where I, was, I needed to pretend I didn't know what I knew and just keep patching people up mm. from, you know, from beliefs and behaviors that had formed the crust that I was just patching the crust. Now, another thing I want to be clear about is the medical profession and doctors are a wonderful group of people, and we need them. But for me, I needed to step out of that model. And in doing so, of course, I came face-to-face with my own belief that I wasn't worthy unless I was on the line saving lives in the way we see on ER, on television. I see that, right. That's the model that we get presented with in our society. Well, that's the model. And, you know, and so if you can um, participate in that model... Um, you're a hero. And if you decide not to participate in that model, no one knows what to do with you. And it's the same, by the way, whether you're a doctor or a mother. We know how to um, give a Mother's Day card to the mother who's always there, who never sleeps, who works three jobs to give her kids everything, um, is always there for her husband. We don't quite know what to do with a more empowered model. I remember one year, I forget who was president, but I think it was during the Clinton administration, Mm -hmm. and one of the things the government supported was putting um, little reminders to have a mammogram in all the Mother's Day cards, that that was everyone's idea of how best to support your mother. And that was so telling to me that we're going to, and, and that, I know that came from a good place, mm-hmm. but when we equate taking care of ourselves with having a screening exam, then we're working pretty far downstream. There is a place for that, of course, but my place is to teach women how to look at the legacy when it's being formed as your thoughts and beliefs that then lead to behavior, that then leads to the crust, that, that then, then leads to your, the state of your physical body, and change it. Now, so let me also say in my own case, my physical body is more flexible than it's ever been. Now, I find that really interesting at an age when 
so many people are starting to have hip problems and back problems and this aches and that aches. This is all needless. It doesn't need to happen. Well, on that note, I would like to take a short break because this is an invitation for each and every one of you that are listening. And I want to say this about our our listeners, Dr. Northrup. We have the most amazing listeners on the planet. You will be amazed at the level to which they are looking for a way to really move beyond the legacy, move beyond whatever it is that is holding them back. They are amazing. And what I'd like to do right now for those of you that are listening is we're going to open up the phone lines so that you have an opportunity to, to uh, join in on this conversation. Let me give out that number, and then we'll take a short break. one 335 5204 That's toll-free from anywhere. one 335 5204 I'm Dr. Papasilli. You're listening to Crust Busting, my special guest, an amazing individual who has done so much for, quite frankly, me personally, but millions of women. Dr. Christiane Northrup, we are talking about this new book, this fabulous book, Mother-Daughter Relationships, about the wisdom, about the health, about how to understand this relationship so that you can create the life that you want. We are going to also talk about how this relationship can help you build that amazing I can do it attitude. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Make the shift. Use food as your medicine. Mangosteen, the queen of fruits, a whole food beverage. It even tastes good. Many health professionals are using mangosteen juice in their practices as a frontline nutritional therapy and believe it is one of the most nutrient-dense plants on earth with 130 biologically active compounds, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antifungal, nature's answers to your prayers. The functional health beverage business opportunity of all time. Catch the wave. Look at the number one home-based business opportunity website, www.goodthoughts.mymagicwand.com. That's www.goodthoughts.mymagicwand.com. Or email cw at goodthoughts2.com. That's cw at g-o-o-d-t-h-o-u-g-h-t-s, the number two, dot com. Or call toll-free 877-848-0037. That's 877-848-0037. Have you ever thought about owning your own company? How about a tea company? Fully developed and ready to go, complete with tea tins, labels, trademark, website, graphic design, and more. For more information, please call 425-776-2170. The number again is 425-776-2170. Join Sylvia Brown and an unprecedented gathering of today's most visionary authors for I Can Do It, live in Orlando, October 28th through 30th. This is a life-changing three-day live event featuring Wayne Dyer, Doreen Virtue, Christiane Northrup, Sylvia Brown, and an incredible collection of motivational and spiritual teachers. This event will sell out, so call to reserve your place today at 1-800-654-5126 or see us on the web at ICanDoIt.net. Go, go, goji! Author of the Vitamin Bible, Dr. Mindell, has discovered the most nutritionally dense food on the planet, and it comes in the form of a delicious juice. Here are some of the results. Rocky, Jackson, Mississippi. I had severe arthritis from a back injury. In two days, I had no more pain. This is Ray Riedel from Yakima, Washington. My blood sugar count dropped 60 points in the first 10 hours thanks to goji juice. Joni from Florida. 
I had an irregular heartbeat for the past 40 years. I feel wonderful now. I had high cholesterol in just five days. It dropped from 230 to 167. Thank you, Goji Juice. Call in and ask for your free copy of the Women's World Weekly Magazine article on this major, major breakthrough, the Himalayan Goji Juice. And don't forget to request a free copy of the Himalayan Health Secret. Call now, 1-800-301-5990. That's 1-800-301-5990. And remember, go, go, goji. Real people, real problems, real change. Hear live hypnotherapy radio on Get Your Ship Together with Scott Sulak every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Scott and guests will provide you with the life-changing information, interviews, and insights on how to unleash your hidden potential and live the life you've always imagined. Experience the benefits of hypnotherapy every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time with Scott Sulak on Get Your Ship Together, live hypnotherapy radio on voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific to Voice America Health & Wellness for Staying Healthy with Dr. Elson Haas. Each week, Dr. Haas will focus on a different health-related topic as well as have on many expert guests that will give you many practical health tips that you can apply to your life. So tune in and improve your health with Dr. Haas and Staying Healthy every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show today. And I want to mention that uh, I am, like, so honored to have Dr. Northrup with us today. And just for those of you just tuning in, I want to say that uh, Dr. Northrup has done so much for women uh, and men, really, all over the planet to get a sense of how to empower ourselves, you know, how, how to get empowered, how to take control of our lives by changing so many aspects of who we are and yet still be true to our nature and our true selves. She is a best-selling author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, and the Wisdom of Menopause. We are talking today about her new book, which is absolutely phenomenal, Mother-Daughter Wisdom, Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health. Thank you for joining the show today, Dr. Northrup. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, I want to read something from your book. I mean, I, I, I just gravitated to so many things in the book. You know, clearly there's so much I'd love to talk about. But you say right up front, every woman is a daughter. Now, that may be a simple statement, but, you know, it didn't hit me. But until I read this, a light bulb went on. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, I didn't think about it like that. But every you, woman is a daughter. Every and woman is a daughter. Yeah, and it's why the book is for everyone, not just mothers of daughters. You see, you're a daughter. This is so funny. I got a wonderful letter from a woman who's 81, and she said, I'm 81, and I still miss my mother. I still need a mother. It's so interesting to think about that. And she loved the book because it sort of helped her put together her own history. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to also talk about this great way that you present in the book. I, I'm, for those of you that are, are, are tuning in, the book that I'm referring to, and I will say it again, uh, it's Mother-Daughter Wisdom, Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Help, and Dr. Northrup has put this fabulous book together. You give us a visualization of how to look 
at our lives. You say life, you, you give us this, this image, life as a house. Yes. The inner blueprint for our journey. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. The foundation of our health is put in place by our mother's pregnancy with us. We have data showing that your birth weight um, actually is a factor in whether or not you develop a healthy weight yourself. So let's just talk with really physical things. Your body is formed in a biochemical milieu created by your mother's thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and behaviors. And that goes without saying. We know that that's true. Mm -hmm. Then the um, pathway to the first floor of your house is the birth canal. You go up the stairs of the foundation, up the stairs from the basement to the first room of your house. And the first room, I've made the rooms approximately seven years simply because there's a very rich history of seven years being the developmental stages that we each go through. You Mm -hmm. can plus or minus three or four because this is not static. And then you go to each room of the house every seven years and... When you go from, let's say, age um, seven to eight, um, it's like going actually to the first grade or to school. You go through a separation from your mother and your father and from your home and family, and you must go out into the world. So you move from room to room by the exact same stages through which your body came into the world in the first place, and that is uh, conception, gestation, labor, and birth. And labor is always a little scary, and you have to then clamp the cord after you're born and so on. So you go through all those rooms, and then at perimenopause, you go to the second floor. Um, And I say age 35 to 42, you're on the stairs. Mm -hmm. This is when women often start to look around and say, hmm, is this all there is? What's happening here? That's it. That's it. It's a really that hit me hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's menopause. Is then perimenopause and menopause is the birth canal into the second half of your life, and then finally there's the birth canal into non-physical, the spiritual realm, which I have you know in the book. The the visual is you're on the top floor of your life. You're in the attic of your life, and you're on the roof, really ready to go into non-physical, up, you know, up mm-hmm. through the chimney, as it were. But that's when you look at your whole life and um, can see it for what it is. But you start with pregnancy and birth is the foundation, and the beliefs that a kid forms are actually pretty much in place by the age of eight. These beliefs are often, of course, unconscious. They form the crust that you're talking about. And you can change them at any time as long as you know you have them. Yes. You know, but women will often buy the same detergent as their mother. They'll cut off the end of the roast the way she did. Toothpaste is a big thing. Yeah, toothpaste is big. All of those things. Um, And you can begin to question them when you're, well, as soon as you tune into a program like this, really, <laughs> anything will force you to question them. Often, of course, in my business, it is illness that forces people to ask the big questions, or at least it's always been my hope that illness would force them to ask the questions, not because they're to blame for an illness, but because their inner wisdom is knocking at the door. 
Well, you say something in the book that I love, uh, and, and I'm going to read it because I, this is this is I'm going to put post this up. I think it is. Uh, it, it says there's a bottom line: neither the circumstances of our birth nor the actions of our mothers have the power to write the script for our lives or to prevent us from taking the unique journey we were meant to take in life. We do that in ourselves in partnership with our souls. So the idea of the house, now, now help me if I'm reading into this too much, mm. but when I looked at the house, I thought, okay, I get to decorate this house at these different stages, but then I get to redecorate. That's exactly right. And the thing that a lot of women find, for instance, at perimenopause, there is this tremendous urge to redecorate their house. I talked about this in The Wisdom of Menopause. It's this huge urge to nest in a new way, to take back their own space. Uh, women also dream of houses, which is why I use the house as a metaphor. And when you're going through a time of change, you'll dream about rooms you didn't know were there. Um, just before your period, you often dream that there's water in the basement or that the toilets are flooding, and I mm-hmm. always find that so interesting. Yes. You know, so it's the, it's the constant clean out and regenerate. And the, the thing about the house, and especially now spring cleaning, is that when you keep taking the clutter of the past and sending it out, you create a vacuum for new, better stuff to come into your life. You know, there are these people who have houses where they have all their mother's furniture, whether yes. they liked it or not. Yes. It's just, okay, well, this was mother's, mm-hmm. so we have to hang on to it, or her china, or her silver. If this is a treasured heirloom that you love, then keep it. But, you know, as Tara Catherine Collins says, the feng shui expert, um, our stuff talks to us all the time. And so if the stuff you have in your house of life, or even in your physical house, is giving you a message you don't like then let it go, because it'll work great for someone else. It has a vibration. It has an energy of itself. Boy, it really, really really does. And one of the things that you'll find is that people who tend to collect all kinds of stuff and have really full attics, really full basements, um, can tend to get constipation, literally, Mm. in their physical body. And I want people to connect the dot of their environment, of their thoughts, of the developmental stage they're in, connect that to their health because the thing that gets um, most women into trouble is they stay overly long in a room they have outgrown or they have a mother or daughter or son or husband who is staying overly long in a room that he needs to outgrow. And that's what keeps people sick they need to face labor and birth into the next stage, which is always scary, mm. but always worth it. Always worth it. And, you know, what I want to talk about, I think, you know, uh, I'd like to skip our break right now and uh, just let Chris know that and continue this uh, conversation. What I want to ask you about, you know, there's an upcoming conference that you will be at and I will be at, um, and it is the I Can Do It conference. And uh, what I'd like to do is let's take a short break right now. We'll skip the break in the next segment. When we come back, Dr. Northrup, what I'd like to do, because I was so struck by this in the book, is, you know, this programming will either bring us to an I-can-do-it attitude or it will bring us to an I-can't-do-it attitude. Yes. 
And let's talk about that when we come back. Great. I'm Dr. Pat Basile. I'm here with an amazing individual. We're talking with Dr. Christiane Northrup, her new book, Mother Daughter Wisdom Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health. Please call in 1 888 335 5204 and tap into how you could really shift and change the legacy of what is holding you back. I'll be right back. Mangosteen, queen of fruits. This company is the worldwide leader in mangosteen dietary supplements and produces, distributes, and sells more mangosteen-based beverage than anyone else in the world. This product is a patent product, unique and proven by science. It is so unique that it is known as a category creator, which traditionally leads to number one in sales. In summary, the company offers a world-class anti-aging product, which helps people feel better. In addition, this company offers a program that shares prosperity. Look at the Business Opportunity website, www.goodthoughts.mymagicwand.com. That's www.goodthoughts.mymagicwand.com. Or email cw at goodthoughts2.com. That's cw at g-o-o-d-t-h-o-u-g-h-t-s, the number 2.com. Or call toll-free 877-848-0037. That's 877-848-0037. Hi, this is Jack Canfield, and you're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat Basile. Have you ever thought about owning your own company? How about a tea company? Fully developed and ready to go, complete with tea tins, labels, trademark, website, graphic design, and more. For more information, please call 425-776-2170. The number again is 425-776-2170. Join Sylvia Brown and an unprecedented gathering of today's most visionary authors for I Can Do It, live in Orlando, October 28th through 30th. This is a life-changing three-day live event featuring Wayne Dyer, Doreen Virtue, Christiane Northrup, Sylvia Brown, and an incredible collection of motivational and spiritual teachers. This event will sell out, so call to reserve your place today at 1-800-654-5126 or see us on the web at ICanDoIt.net. Imagine a country of people that is forgiveness literate, where we can choose to let go of anger, disappointment, hurt, and frustration because we know how to. You can assist in making this vision a possibility by sponsoring the National Forgiveness Tour. For more information on sponsorships, go to www.crestbusting.com or www.theforgivenesstour.com. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune in to On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. Business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at one 335 5204. 
Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crust busting. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining the show. We are really, you know, this is a fabulous uh, opportunity for each and every one of us to have a connection with Dr. Northrup, who is my very, very special guest today. The number to call in, and I'll say it again, is toll-free, 1-888-335-5204. That's 1-888-335-5204. And I'm here, as I said before, with Dr. Christiane Northrup. We are talking about the amazing work that she has done, really, the doors that she has opened for us as women to step forth and really empower ourselves to live the lives that we want to live. We're talking about the book Mother Daughter Wisdom. You know, Dr. Northrup, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank well, you. thank you. Great to be here. You know, you and I were talking during the break, and there are so many things to cover in the book, but I want to really say that for me in reading this book, I was struck by how many thoughts and emotions came up around my own personal journey. And I know this must be happening for the, you know, the, the people that are reading this book. Um, what I want to talk about is, you know, again, how this book, how this legacy, how the, the choices that we make in life really relate to whether or not we take our dream out into the world, whether we actually have the I-can-do-it attitude, or whether or not we, you know, come to a different place of resolve. Well, there's one, one sig- very significant point that I want to make here, and okay. that is because our bodies were formed in our mother's body and because her umbilical cord responded to her thoughts and emotions, her attention is a lifelong nutrient or someone who is the mother surrogate. So you definitely always look back at your mother and you want her to say you're doing well. That's why little kids always say, Mom, Mom, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. Her attention is like blood through the umbilical cord. And that's really true for your whole life. You really want your mother to approve of what you're doing because your physical body literally was created by how much she approved of being pregnant. It was, it was so influenced. So here's what happens. When a daughter is ready to go to the next room, and I want to talk specifically about one stage that's very easy to spot, mm-hmm. and that is a, a kid going off um, either to college or right after college. If she is about to go off on a journey that her mother never took, then about one in five mothers will be jealous of the daughter and they don't really want her to go beyond where they got. So when the kid is on the verge of taking a trip to Europe, um, going to graduate school, whatever, then the mother, when the kid's looking back for the mother's approval, she will clamp the cord and hold her approval and say, must be nice, or you're being selfish. Some women get that if they decide not to have children, that they're being selfish right. because they're not providing grandchildren. These are the messages that prevent a woman from being all she can be because she is on this, um, she's come to a crossroads where to become all she could be means that she's going to have to find other sources of approval, other umbilical cords, other placental support systems 
other than her mother, and every cell in her body wants to please her mother. So I will tell you that to update a legacy that needs updating, serious updating, to become all you can be, you are probably going to have to take the risk of family disapproval. And some families will, you know, just outright disown you for that. And that's why it's so important to create a bigger placenta than your nuclear family, unless you've got one of those rare nuclear families where everybody gets to individuate and become exactly who they are with continual family support. But that's not how most families work. No, and, you know, you talk about this in the book. You know, you talk about the urge to be Miss Congeniality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's and how, you know, women, how mothers have gotten goodies, the peace-at-any-price dance, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know it well. I've got it in my bone marrow. I have, you know, I think I've got probably 500 lifetimes of doing that. I'm really good at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, one of the things I want to emphasize about the book is that, this is a book that also provides solutions. Yes. That's what I love about this. Um, and we talk about different aspects of healing and different places to heal. There is something that you put in this book that is so perfectly easy to understand, and I have not really heard it talk, talked about quite this way. And you take us through the anatomy of self-esteem. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We just are not talking about that enough these days. No, because what we think is, you know, we have this idea that self-esteem is telling your kid, oh, you're beautiful, oh, you're wonderful. That's not self-esteem. So my definition um, that I have here is self-esteem is the amount of respect and positive regard an individual has for herself. Mm -hmm. And it's in self-esteem without empathy equals self-centeredness or narcissism. Now, I remember once um, when I was on the ward of a hospital down in Boston, I was really proud of some intervention I had done with a patient, and the nurse looks at me and says, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. And I realized that she came from one of these, in her case, Irish Catholic families where nobody was ever allowed to blow their own horn. Um, so that's not self-esteem either, you see. Yes. They're so worried about having a don't get a swelled head, you know, <laughs> that you don't give someone the regard that they need. So the seven areas, though, of self-esteem, and no one has it going in all of them, are physical prowess, being confident in your body, um, you know, being able to meet the daily demands of strength, endurance, and flexibility, Number two, social skills, social comportment, knowing how to present yourself well and be um, gracious. Three is self-discipline, what my brother calls doing things you don't want to do, (laughs) you know, like washing the dishes, folding the towels. Um, Four is self-trust, knowing how to tune in and trust what you know, what you feel, to know when something's safe, when it's not safe and to act on your perceptions even when others don't agree with you, you know, to trust your hunches. Five is financial literacy. Uh, This is why, um, you know, things go around the Internet that are very funny where you'll see a a picture of a really old kind of 
not very attractive man with a 25-year-old. Yes. Uh, That's because the guy's got tons of financial literacy. Mm. Because he's got self-esteem in the number five, <laughs> develop. But but what really what it really is developing your ability to spend, save, give, invest wisely, to value your time and energy fairly, and to understand the laws of prosperity. That this is in fact the universe of abundance. Yes, it is. And then six, your place in the sun, that special skill or innate talent, and seven is a positive self-image, feeling secure and good about yourself. And so those are all of those things comprise self-esteem. And it's very good for a child's self-esteem to not just have things that they are um, seen as uh, valuable for within the family, but when they go to school, when you have a larger community valuing your skills, then your self-esteem grows dramatically. Um, you were talking to me earlier that you had taken the gift of gab from your family yes. out into the world. And that's a very different thing than having a gift of gab that the whole family enjoys, but to have the gift of gab that the whole country um, benefits from, that's a boost in self-esteem that probably has changed the legacy of your entire family. Well, according to my 87-year-old uncle, it definitely has. <laughs> because I come from, and I'll share this, I come from a family where we, are, or we were bonded by secrecy, including my mother's death, you know, when I was eight years old. And no one really knows the true story of that, except that if I were to look at that legacy and watch how my sister died at about 450 pounds and perhaps the guilt and shame she had, around, you know, my mother's death, I would learn about that from the book because you talk about shame, and really it's a showstopper, isn't it? Isn't it, though? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Shame. When someone is, um, has a shame attack in front of you, um, you're just not going to go there. Mm-hmm. You aren't. It is a show, it, not only is it a showstopper, it stops the circulation of energy and information, and it stops the ability to change anything. And when families have a legacy of shame or things that they don't or will not talk about, then there is no growth in that area, and there is no chance for growth. So that's why in the book I talk about my own life. I talk about things that have happened with my mother, with my daughters, Certainly, it could have gotten a lot more graphic, but when I do that, then I'm uncovering an area that I know for many people is an area of shame. Like, we never say anything bad about mothers. You know, like this, well, after all, she is your mother. You can never criticize your mother. You can never get angry at her. You can never tell the truth about her because the mother will have a shame attack or your brothers and sisters will um, disown you or say to you, please don't do that, we won't like you. And you can learn to skillfully negotiate these areas. It's not to blast another person. It is so you can tell yourself the truth about your own life and feel those emotions, get them to move out, and then from an entirely new place, go back and love what's good about your legacy, what's good about your mother. Until I address the parts of her that really drove me nuts, but made me feel less valuable than I am. As soon as I was able to really articulate those things and feel them 
first of all, I nearly went blind in my left eye <laughs> right I about, read that, about time. that Yeah. And, you know, that's how the body holds this information. And then finally, I developed much healthier boundaries with my mother, understood what activities really serve me, what activities don't, um, so that I have a definite plan of being with her and around her that is uplifting for everyone concerned. And only then could I really, really, really appreciate all of my legacy, warts and all. So I want people to know that updating the legacy means you have to feel things that perhaps you haven't wanted to feel, but emotions are just energy in motion. They move through and you get to a new place and your cells will really appreciate it. Well, you know, and I want to I want to ask you about this very specific thing, and that is uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's you know you know where I am, how old I am now. But I I am so struck by the number of women um, that I hear about that talk to me uh, that are really obese, and beyond that, the women that I know that are just struck at age fifty or so with cancer, with uh, autoimmune diseases, with rheumatoid arthritis, with MS. And yes. I'm not saying that men are not, you know, don't have their share, but what I'm just sensing is that there's something going on, and I do not have a good sense of what it is, and I'd like to ask you about that. Okay, what I really truly believe is that the energy on the planet is speeding up and that we have to lighten up if we are going to survive. Carrying the heaviness of a family legacy, carrying the heaviness of a personal legacy no longer works. It is as though we are now living in 10 years time what our grandparents lived in a lifetime in terms of information, um, the need to change, and so on. I mean, just updating to the latest cell phone um, the latest CD player or satellite radio requires that we constantly learn new technologies, new things. Um, so illness comes when you're holding on to heaviness that needs to be let go. Autoimmune disease, uh, 80% of autoimmune disease is in women. And what it represents energetically is that parts of our immune system are identifying parts of our bodies as the enemy. So it's literally a self-attack. Wow. Yeah. Now, on top of that, we do have an environment now where the fast food industry has put chemical stuff into food that prevents the normal appetite from kicking in, the, the normal satiety signals. Okay. So MSG, um, aspartame, these sorts of things that are in fast foods make you eat more because the brain doesn't get the signal to turn off. Um, and then food is more plentiful than it's ever been. People live more sedentary lifestyles. But I want you to know I have friends who have been morbidly obese. One friend in particular is a physician. Her mother was schizophrenic. She took care of her brothers and sisters. She was morbidly obese in high school. She said, food was my friend. It was what the solace that I went to because of my mother. Um, she then became a minister, then fulfilled a lifelong dream of becoming a physician when she was in her 40s. She lost the weight 
through Weight Watchers, as she said, any diet works once you have cleaned up the legacy. Then you, you just eat a healthy diet and the weight comes off. But she had to literally understand she was not becoming, going to become her mother and that she could allow more joy into her life. And she healed a legacy that many people don't heal. Uh, but it's possible. It's a big crust, of course, but it's totally possible. <laughs> well, yeah, but we approach the, you know, I mean, there's a diet for everything now. Oh, yeah. Which, and, and we don't really get at, you know, what's underneath the, 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 uh, the notion that we sit down and eat an entire chocolate cake. No, this is, it, it, it's ridiculous. It's, and the number of now the bariatric surgeries, the bypass surgeries, we are going to find at the other end of this that those are going to cause all kinds of uh, deficiency diseases and so on. Because when you bypass the wisdom of the digestion, the way it has evolved, then you usually you find things you didn't want to find. Now, I understand in the moment that this may save someone's life, but there will be a price down the line. Um, I really love the stories, I think we all do, of uh, shows like The Biggest Loser, mm. where you watch someone literally take back their power through physical strength and power and changing their food and understanding that. Well, my friend who was obese says, fat is dreams in storage. And when you can mobilize those dreams, then the fat is free to go. Well, that leads me to this next question because, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to get close to my sister. And by the way, you know, my sister uh, uh, died. I, I went through a legacy of thinking that every woman that I was ever close to, you know, died before the age of 50. I yes. mean, I had to shed that thing really quickly. Yes. yes. Um, but this leads to a question. And, you know, my sister never talked about her relationship with mom. But this leads to something you talk about in the book, and it's called the medicine of forgiveness. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I have a, a friend who, uh, you know, is, uh, does the National Forgiveness Tour, Reverend Bonnie Barnard, and this is her passion to bring this out in the world. I want to talk to you about something you say, and you call it taking responsibility for forgiveness. Yes. I would love for you to share this, because we don't think forgiveness is like our responsibility. No, no, no. Forgiveness is, is actually, it's like decluttering your house. It's a constant thing that we must do to release resentments and grief and the things, the people and the things that have wronged us. It is a, it's literally a choice because it's not easy, and it's probably, depending on your family, not a natural thing. Um, forgiveness does not mean that what someone did to you was wrong um, or that, uh, that it was a, a right thing to do. I mean, it doesn't mean that it was right or that they didn't hurt you. We have this idea that forgiving and forgetting means that the other person's actions were okay and that by forgiving them, you're condoning the action. You're not. It is a choice you make for yourself. It's not for the other person. It's not to let them off the hook. It's to let yourself off the hook. Uh, I had a patient who recently wrote to me, and she said, I'd heard about your, your stuff about forgiveness for a long time, but I didn't really believe it. She's a very intellectual, Ph.D. kind of person. And then she began to get unrelenting breast pain. And she went home for a visit, and people started to laugh at her 
and compare her to her grandmother, who also had had breast pain. And she said she didn't like the way they were talking about her grandmother, and she got really angry and resentful of the family. And then she went and you know, saw doctors and did everything under the sun to get rid of the breast pain that was really impeding her ability to run and get on with her life. Finally, she started to consciously forgive the family. She dedicated her yoga practice to forgiveness. She'd sit down to do her yoga and say, I'm dedicating this practice to releasing the resentments I have for all my family members, for everyone who made fun of me, my grandmother, all of that. She said within one month, the breast pain was gone, totally gone. Now, that breast pain is caused by cellular inflammation. You can see it under a microscope. So what I'm talking about is real physical medicine, and it's literally simply to release yourself to be free of your past, of what's holding you back. Resentment is um, very, very destructive to the physical body. Well, you know, uh, forgiveness is something that we, uh, I think it's gotten a, a, a bad rap. I think it people, really has. Yeah, people don't like to hear the word, and there are so many people taking that out. I call it spiritual dynamite in the book that I'm writing. And that's what I want to ask you about in these closing minutes, because quite frankly, you end this book um, uh, with a closing prayer. Yes. You end this book with a closing prayer. And I love this, and I love what you talk about, and you talk about Mother Bear in the book. I, I, I would like to, to end this show, and for those of you that are, 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 are tuned, tuned in late, I'm here with Dr. Christiane Northrup. We are talking about her latest book, phenomenal book, Mother Daughter Wisdom, Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health. And quite frankly, I think this book is for, you know, I'm sending a copy to my brother, by the way. <laughs> That's good, because I think it works for, uh, for men as well. I think I really it does, do. too. Yeah. I think it does, too. Uh, would you share your intention? What was your intention for ending the book with the closing prayer and for telling us a little bit about what that is? Oh, my intention was that the heaviness of this mother-daughter legacy, the, the belief, oh, no, I'm becoming my mother, I wanted to lift this negativity and lift people up into another vision of what's possible when a mother lives her life fully and freely and updates her own legacy and then passes that legacy on to her daughters, then the vibration of the whole thing changes so that women are no longer carrying the heaviness for the family. And as a result, they're healthier, they're happier, and their daughters will be proud of them. Thank you so much, Dr. Northrup. Thank you for joining the show. I look forward to meeting you in person yes, in that Las should Vegas. Be really fun. And continuing this conversation. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all that you are. You are a blessing to each and every one of us. I so honor the work that you do. Thank you for joining the show today. Thank you. And all for right. those of you that listen every week, we will be doing this show from Las Vegas next week. And my guest will be the amazing Mr. Fire Joe Vitale. To all of you listening, make yourself a fabulous, fabulous day. Check this book out. Go to Dr. Northrup's, Northrup's site, Mother Daughter Wisdom, Creating a Legacy of Physical and Emotional Health. We love you. Please love yourself. Until next week. Bust through that crust and live life full out. Have a good one.
Thank you for joining us today for Crust Busting with Dr. Pat Basile. Crust Busting with Dr. Pat can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. For a copy of today's program or to learn more about Crust Busting, visit www.crustbusting.com. 